0: Welcome to Dawn Patrol, the 30-A morning show. Good morning! Presented by 30-A Cottages and Concierge. Yeah! (laughs) Online, 30acottages.com. Hi, everyone. This is Mike Ragsdale with 30-A. And we are here this morning in the ever-bustling Amavita Coffee and Tea. This time we're in Rosemary Beach, but uh, there are other locations, of course, the original in Seaside, etc. And I'm here with Amavita's uh, founder, um dan bailey thank you for uh the coffee
1: oh my pleasure i'm glad you guys came out such a pretty day outside here yeah especially in october you can't ask for anything better once again thanks for coming out and sharing time with us happy to be here this is this is kind
0: of uh, everywhere you go you kind of seem to become the community hub why is that i mean like what is it about amavita and and the coffee shop concept that kind of draws people Mm -hmm. in
1: Well, I mean, the foundation of our company is really to serve our community, all right? Mm -hmm. And we feel that, you know, to really be a good... Coffeehouse, you mm-hmm. you have to earn the right to be in the community, and that means a lot of things. It means uh, certainly making a great product, mm-hmm. uh, but it also means working in the community. So we, it's you know, and it's easy because we we love doing it. So we right. love to serve our community, whether it's in charitable events, whether it's schools, mm-hmm. or whether it's also being an advocate for some of the things such as
0: environment mm-hmm. and, and just good business practices. Mm-hmm. So before we talk about, I'm a and how you got started? Uh, where, where did, where, how did you get here to 38?
1: It's a, I think we all, <laughs> everybody that moves to 38 seems to be a little off center. I yeah. think we have a little of that in us as well. Right, uh, but I. I Came here for the love of the ocean, mm-hmm. for starters, and I was also looking for a community, something that I could really feel close to. Wanted to invest my time mm-hmm. in, um, and of course, from our first visit down here, it was very obvious. You know, I, I grew up in the Caribbean; the ocean's been in my soul for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the waters down here and the beaches, it doesn't get any prettier. So uh, trying to find a way to make a, a life here, uh, mm-hmm. to bring my family here. I was also looking for a small community to raise my daughter in. Mm-hmm. And um, this has really been, you know, everything that I that we were looking for. And
0: yeah. you left, though, so you started in the Caribbean, but then you went into the corporate world like so many of yeah. us do, right? Did, did the
1: corporate route, you know, with a lot of big name companies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I just, I had this tug to, to really try to do something non-corporate. The the goals is really to work, you know, do, do affect some change abroad. You know, Mm -hmm. originally I did everything to look at international red cross. Uh, and then somewhere along the path, I found my roots back. I I actually lived in coffee grown communities as well. Mm -hmm. And it was a hobby and then it was a passion. And then we converted to a business and, uh, Uh, It was a leap
0: in a a prayer. Yeah, and so Amavita in Seaside was your first location, correct?
1: Uh, We actually started out as a roaster. Our our intention was really not to do retail. And uh, we were really trying to be a small, quiet roaster in the back and really serve our community. And we quickly found out that we really needed a face. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it was also a place where we could really learn... More about coffee. It's, you know, the, the, when we operate a, ca- a cafe, we actually have to walk the talk mm-hmm. and uh, try to uphold a higher standard. So it actually makes us better at coffee. Uh, and then you know the retail, uh, we really enjoyed it, and so we continued to add mm-hmm. other
0: locations. Mm-hmm. So and today, a lot of people probably don't know this, but today really uh, the roasting facility here um, in this area still um, is is the core of your business.
1: It is. I mean, we are we keep, and it keeps continues to grow, and uh, but it's always been uh, that's where a lot of the work behind the scenes that people don't really see occurs. So it's
0: not just for your shops; you're providing coffee. Um, know, locally roasted coffee mm-hmm. uh, to businesses throughout the coast. Throughout, really, from Pensacola
1: um, to Tallahassee, and mm-hmm. then we're actually working more on a national level for more what we call specialty grocery stores. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So one of the things that has really amazed me about your business, kind of watching it uh, at arm's length from uh, over the years, has been that you're clearly a hyper-local business. I mean, you know, the, the coffee shop concept, and yet you have global um, vision and, and, and a global um, compassion. Uh, and I first kind of got introduced to this when you took some students, including my son, mm-hmm. down to central Mexico uh, to visit the farmers who actually um, you purchase uh, the coffee beans from. So tell us a little bit about that connection and, and how that plays into your company. Sure.
1: Well, we're an importer mm-hmm. as well I mean we work directly with the growers uh, through our, through a cooperative relationship there's 23 of us that own a cooperative uh, called coop coffees mm-hmm. and uh, so we actually work directly with our growers and, and what happens is when you go down there it's one we have a, a very healthy trading model of them but they guess what they become your friends you know sure and then when you see beyond the trading model it's never enough. Okay. Uh, so because of that relationship, we try to, uh, affect that change globally, uh, more often. We, we have a stronger commitment to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the ways we do it is really by connecting these growers to these international markets, uh, as well as building education programs within our community. And, and hopefully so that the average person that comes to this cafe has a deeper connection to where that coffee comes from. You know, that's our end goal in our, in our what we would call our supply chain model is mm-hmm. to integrate uh, our, our the average person that walks in there that they have some connection with our growers. Mm-hmm. We uh, we actually look at our coffee houses as a, as a stage or a theater. You know that. Allows us to communicate uh, a variety of things, whether it's cultural, uh, connections to growers, okay, uh, promotion of arts, mm-hmm. okay. It, uh, we create this stage so that we're really impacting our community in a way. Uh, so positive. you
0: you mentored a class here at Ohana Institute in Rosemary Beach and the students I remember uh, came up with a brand of coffee and they were using it to sell to raise money to help I believe uh, build wells uh, uh, in, in, water the water in, projects, in water projects in uh, projects
1: yeah. Chiapas Mexico that's
0: mm-hmm. correct these mm-hmm. are
1: the um, uh, these are the same uh locations where we get our coffee from. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you really look it at a community, if you're trying to improve the impact on a community, uh, getting them out of the poverty, you really have to look at it from, from a variety of angles. Cause, and each one has different needs. But, but conceptually, you know, it's, it's great to have a consistent supply chain so they can get additional money uh, beyond what they can't produce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other areas that they can be impacted by is water. You know, of course, if there's really isn't good clean water. Everything kind of breaks down. Their productivity in the fields, the amount of time the women and the children are spending collecting water, uh, health issues related to it. So water is extremely fundamental, you know, and first first tenant that really needs to be addressed in a community. Some communities have good water, uh, but they may lack education. Mm -hmm. So that may be their their major gap. Mm -hmm. So uh, in those cases, we also work in Ethiopia. We help build schools and libraries associated once again with our coffee growers. Um, mm-hmm. uh congo is another dynamic mm-hmm. where you know they have water uh one of their biggest issue is gender equality it's one of the lowest gender equality indexes really anywhere in the world and if you think about the whole family breaks down when the family is not really cohesive and the woman is carrying the brunt of it okay and uh, everything is very critical to what happens there. The children suffer from it as mm-hmm. well as the whole community. So, so in Congo, we work on gender equality. And those are the ones that we tend to focus on. We work with a group called On the Ground Global, which is many of the members are coffee roasters, mm-hmm. uh, many of them from our own co-op. Uh, and it allows us to really allocate our time and to rebalance because we also work in uh, Nicaragua. In Guatemala, so and, mm-hmm. and some of the other roasters tend to be more focused on those initiatives um,
0: well i've been i 've been with you on boards of of uh, for example the repertory theater and seaside and uh, seen you involved with the schools and local charities but i 'm really fascinated by your business because it is one of those rare businesses that seems to be able to walk that line between. Supporting local charities and supporting international causes and, and so i think it 's definitely a model that uh, uh, a lot of us aspire to achieve but it 's a little difficult
1: yeah it's, it's layers. it 's layers you know and in, in coming from a corporate world, um, I think we all have a subject matter ex, expertise expertise mm-hmm. from from our background, and switching to coffee was really. Uh, quite a change for me. So Mm -hmm. I had to to go through a learning process before, basically learning how to contribute Mm -hmm. before I could actually contribute. And uh, so it took about five years, actually, work and learn, you know, how to impact communities abroad. Um, You know, we did, uh, worked a couple USAID projects, which also helped quite a bit to learn. And uh, so, yeah. And And you guys, though, you
0: you take this stuff very seriously. I mean, the accreditations that you, you guys have. You're not just you know, filling up coffee cups. I mean, tell us a little bit about the quality well, processes that you guys go through. Well,
1: we, we have uh, several certifications. One of the most, um, there, there's kind of some technical and then there's value-based certifications that we have. One of our, the one that we're very proud of is we're uh, one of 1,400 in the world that carries a B corporation, a benefit corporation. Uh, we are actually a legal benefit corporation. And um, and what I what that really means is, is that we have an obligation to serve really four major tenants, okay. Uh, legally, actually, mm-hmm. we, we have to serve our community, the environment, our employees. And then we also have to show uh, a very good governance structure into our business. All right. The other tenant that we tend to add in there is our product, which is really our producers in that case. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, we th- those are the guardrails for our thinking process whenever we try to take on a new product or we try to. Um, do something in the community. How we have to ask ourselves: Does it fit? Okay, does mm-hmm. it fit our value and our vision? Uh, and it's been the same vision that we've been operating since, with for really twelve years now since we mm-hmm. started our company. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a big certification; it's very powerful for us. It also is powerful for our employees. Okay, our employees become part of it, and they actually can see what we're doing. And, and, uh, and also beyond that, it gives us a compass of where we need to go. You know, Mm -hmm. so if you ask yourself, uh, "Are you a good company?" says who? I mean, who says we're a good company? Right. Well, the B Corporation is really the one uh, certification in the world that we can put a stamp on it that says we're a high-impact company for, from a consumer. And it's a huge, growing organization. They've now passed it in law, and I believe 28 states now have legislation to where you can be a legal benefit corporation. Uh, so that's one of our big certifications. Um, the other one is more on our products. We are a certified organic processing facility. We do mostly all organic. We do do what we support, what we call transition organic. So a lot of times our growers have have fields that they're trying to get converted to organic, so they'll get a higher premium, um, and they they have to go through a period of transition to where they become certified organic. So we tend to take on transition organics. We also carry the Flow Fair Trade Labeling Organization, which is a fair trade symbol. Uh, we are certified under that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it also ensures that we're buying you know, some, some uh, coffee that has impact, um, uh, also particularly for small, smaller producers. Okay. Right. Uh, and the other one we carry is, is really more of food safety, which is a, a GMP, which is Good Manufacturing Practices. Which is, helps ensure that beyond just the traditional mm-hmm. safety, this mm-hmm. this ensures it's, that it's also protected from people coming in and, and trying to do bad things to it. Right, okay. it's it's a little more
0: comprehensive than that, but it it really is a higher standard for mm-hmm. for safety and quality. So. From being on the ground in Central Mexico to being on the ground in the Congo, um, not too long ago, uh, you're, you're now back here in the in the U.S. and you are organizing an event in December, the Winter Solstice Run.
1: Yes, we we've been working. This is our second year to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we are, we raise money for different projects, really that fall under the under on the ground global umbrella, and the one that we're doing now is a winter solstice run that benefits project congo okay that once again the gender equality project there uh and it's tied to really uh the the bigger runs that we do every every three years we do larger runs Mm -hmm. uh we just ran um the one in congo which was seven marathons we had nine women running and they were each they ran seven marathons a marathon a day for seven days to really bring attention to uh, gender equality in Congo uh, raised a, a nice sum of money. I think they're still adding it up and we're still working on it. Uh, and it was a phenomenal project. I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I really didn't quite understand the impact, you know, about gender equality, you know, f- particularly from here, you know, even with speaking with people until I went over and saw it and, mm-hmm. and watched how these programs work and the impact that. Uh, the men in the relationship and the actual family have changed. So it's really, it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that we're excited about is it just, we can do it at relatively low cost. It's mm-hmm. not something, uh, we have very little overhead. But it, it can have, have it. a big impact. It's a huge impact. We, yeah. we actually, f- we think we move the whole country afoot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of want to think that. But yeah. I think... Um, you know, the Democratic Republic of Congo is is a democratic government. If you think about it, legally, it has laws that give women benefits or rights. uh, But then there's a cultural aspect of it, you know, which is often harder to change than just passing law or changing. So it's, uh, so we want to act as that catalyst. And once again, there are growers. So Mm -hmm. we have a We have the ability to directly impact Mm -hmm. that.
0: So if someone wants to find out more information about the uh, winter solstice run that you're organizing, where where do they find that?
1: Well, you could go to Mm onthegroundglobal.org, which is our nonprofit. It's based out of Traverse City, Michigan, where Mm -hmm. they actually do the summer solstice run up there. And it's a 40-miler there, and we do a 40-miler here. Or you could go to summer solstice uh, as well.
0: Uh, All right. I should also mention that uh, Amavita Coffee seems to be um, expanding its presence on retail shelves. Uh, we're uh, uh, 30A is a proud partner with Amavita Coffee. They produce our 30A Coffee uh, blend, our Florida Sunshine blend, uh, Florida Sunrise blend, and it's now available in Fresh Market in Peer Park. And
1: uh, Earth Fair, and uh, we also have it up in um, Organic Harvest in Birmingham, I think we mentioned. Birmingham, Alabama, right. Birmingham, and uh, we're... I believe we actually have it in...
0: Mobile as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's great. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't tried it yet, it really is a, a great product. And it's a great company to be affiliated with. You can find out more information about Dan and his team at Amavita.com. And, of course, when you're here on 30A, you can visit Amavita Coffee and Tea in Seaside and Rosemary Beach. And then you also and, uh,
1: have St. Andrews, St. Andrews, City, which is yeah. a wonderful historical community. And uh, we really love being there as well. Uh, well well, thank
0: you for uh, joining us today and thank you for creating a hub for our community because it really is a a special authentic part of 30a and uh, we appreciate your time my pleasure it's always a pleasure to talk with you guys too